Welcome to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. On this podcast, we interview fellow entrepreneurs who are willing to share their stories, their trials, and their triumphs in business, all in an effort to help you avoid the same obstacles and to achieve success faster. But at all times, continue to rely on our faith to see us through to victory. Now with today's guest, here is your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Today we're so blessed that you're joining us. Gary McCormick was the vice president of a mortgage bank and was helping some house flippers to, and builders as well to obtain better mortgage rates for their businesses. And this allowed them to obtain larger loans, flip more houses at one time and be more profitable. Since he was so successful, they showed them their showed him their appreciation by starting to take him to lunches and all that, just to tell him thank you for all your help. And then Gary started thinking about perhaps entering the business himself. He seen the money that they were making. He knew the inside game of obtaining the loans and all that. He knew these other players would help him out, you know, sub out the work and all that. Well, long story short, that's what he did. Praise God. All was well. Doing great. Does anyone remember the housing crash, though, 2008, 2009? Well, Gary, along with most of the independent contractors at that time, ended up declaring bankruptcy and having to start all over. But start over he did. But Gary didn't just go right back at the same process. Now he's carved himself out a niche where he helps individuals to build their own homes, doing the work themselves, and basically they're their own contractor. This saves them huge money as compared to the normal way of doing things. And to share more on this and how it's done and how he could do it for you, help me welcome to the program, Gary McCormick. Gary, thank you for taking the time to come on the program today, brother. I do appreciate it. Hey, Bob, it's great to be with you. It's really awesome. Appreciate Man, you. This is a big topic right now. I mean, interest rates are super high compared to just a few years ago. And I know people would love to save money in this area, if at all possible. But before we get started in that discussion, can you tell us a, you know, a little bit about you? You know, other than that brief information I just shared, tell us in your own words, who is Gary McCormick? Sure, Bob. Well, I'm from Buffalo, New York. <clears throat> I went to college there. I have a business degree. And, uh, but after I got out of college, there weren't many jobs in Buffalo. And uh, I decided to move to Atlanta, Georgia. So I've been in Atlanta now since 92. Hmm. And uh, when I came here, I first sold security systems, then I managed a security system company, and then uh, I had my own security system company, and that was my first entrepreneurial foray. And uh, after a year of doing that, I had gone from making 120 grand working for somebody else to 35 grand my first year being self-employed. And I decided at 25 years old that I'd gotten too big for my britches and made a mistake. So I backed up the truck, and uh, there was a bank that was open in a mortgage banking division here in Atlanta. And they were looking for nine people that had no experience, zero. Uh, but I did have a business degree and a financing minor. So they thought that was good. So uh, within a year, uh, I was VP of that bank division with 18 loan officers and three processors. And uh, what really blessed me with that was I had an almost photographic memory. And I was very good at math. I, was, I went to college for math in middle school. I was bust. So I like to say I was an idiot savant, more idiot than savant. But I was very good at math, uh, you know, geometry, trigonometry, all that. And I was very good with the uh, charts. And so I ran the other 18 loan officers and the three processors. 
Uh, during that time, I started to date my head processor, which is not what I would normally recommend to other people. Uh, but I was in love with Renee. And uh, like you said, I, I got some uh, remodelers and builders and house flippers that they, <clears throat> you know, they weren't showing enough income on their taxes. They were showing 50 grand, but they were really making 100 or 200 grand. And they were hiding the money from the government, but it kept them from being able to get good loans. And so I gave them some some instruction, helped them with their credit. And in addition to getting them good loans, it opened up the door to get them lines of credit for a million dollars from local community banks so that instead of flipping one house at a time, they could flip three or five. Yeah. Instead of building one house at a time, they could build three or five. And I, I said to them, you know, you build one house or remodel one house and something goes wrong, you're in deep trouble. But if you do three or five at a time, then they hedge themselves out. You know, you have some good, some bad, and uh, they made a lot more money. And as a result, like you said, they, they really, I became their favorite person just about took me to lunches, loved on me. And uh, they kept saying, man, you'd make so much more money. You're really gifted to do this kind of thing. And you have the finance and the business background that we don't have. We're just project managers. We'll give you our subs. If you get in trouble, we'll come save your bacon. We really want to help you do this. And I was getting it in stereo from, a couple of gals and three different guys, all different things they did in construction. And so I went to my fiance at the time, my head processor, Renee, and she had a lot of faith in me and we were believers and we felt like God was showing us an open door. And um, I was a little over being on the phone and at the desk. I'd been doing that for quite a few years, selling and managing. And I was a very physical guy and I just really wanted to get out there. And so she, she blessed it. I quit my job. I married her. That was 25 years ago. And in the process of flipping houses, every time we would flip a house, we'd get 10 or 15 construction jobs in that neighborhood. And the next thing you know, we weren't house flippers. We were contractors. And in 2002, about four or five years in, I built my first house. It was for a friend from church, about 7,000 square feet. Hmm. And uh, he and I ended up developing eight lots together on the eight acres behind my house. And so four years later, I was suddenly a builder of new homes, custom builder and a developer. I didn't have any plans, any of that, brother. You know how the Lord works. I had no plans. <laughs> I thought I was going to be in finance and selling and managing forever. And just out of nowhere came this thing to do. I didn't know it was a calling. I had no clue. And it just hit me like a truck. And, um, you know, thank God that by faith I was willing to take a risk or yeah, I'd still amen. be doing what I was. I, I love yeah. this. So yeah, I'm thankful. From, from behind the desk to doing all the work on one home hoping that you can sell it for a profit that ended up in the high-end market i mean praise god amen how did amen what was that time frame again from when you quit your job to when yep. you're doing high-end market so um i i worked in the mortgage business for about two years still in the late 90s while i was flipping houses mm -hmm. i left that vp job but I went to another job where I was kind of a mercenary. It was a mortgage brokerage where they knew that I could close 10 or 20 loans a month. Mm -hmm. And instead of making me management, I wanted to be flipping houses. So I got them to let me just, you know, uh, write mortgages through them. And they gave me 90% mm -hmm. of the money because I was zero hassle. I was, you know, a good guy. And so that was great. I made great money while I was flipping houses. And then yep. it was about two years in, I got my first remodel. Uh, it was about a $350,000 remodel. It turned into about 500 grand and took a year. Wow. And um, I couldn't believe that the people hired me over five other builders with 30 years experience. But 
they uh, they saw my work on my flips and they liked the quality of the work and uh, they weren't really sure what they wanted to do. Their plans weren't fully done. And so they needed someone to take the job that was willing to kind of go as you went along. And the guys that have been doing it 30 years were like, hey, when everything's ready to go, we'll give you a price and and we don't want to see you for a year. And I was like, no, it's fine. We can kind of do it as an organic thing and work through it as we go. And some of that was just that I didn't have the experience to know even exactly what I was doing. And they knew that, but they saw that the work was good. They saw I was getting the stuff done that I wasn't afraid. And then I had a lot of energy and that I was on the site all the time. I was hands on. And uh, so I did that for a couple of two or three years. And then I guess 2002, I would have been about four years in and that eight acres was behind my house. And for two years, I had walked on this uh, logging trail behind my house, and I would hear this quiet voice of God telling me that he wanted me to develop that land and build houses on it. But I hadn't done that at that time. I was in my second, third, fourth year of flipping houses and doing remodels for other people. And um, all of a sudden, one day, I got a knock on my door and opened it, and it was the guy that owned the eight acres in the cabin behind my house. And he said, you know, I'm a Catholic, and I don't really pray a ton. But I prayed this morning about selling this land and God, I heard a voice tell me I'd never heard a voice before. I heard a voice remind me that you lived in front of my land and you were a Christian builder. And then if I sold you the land, you would build one acre lots. You wouldn't rezone it and that wow. the neighbors would feel touched. And um, and so he showed up at my door and offered to sell me that land for about 50 grand an acre. So I, I gave him a verbal that, you know, hey, man, for two years, God's been telling me to develop this land. But. I didn't even know who you were. And the dude just wept, you know, he just wept. So then I got on the phone with uh, Todd Wyatt. He was a fellow I went to church with and he was an agent. And I said, Hey Todd, if you'll help me do this development thing. And then when I sell the houses, you can sell the houses for me, you know, but I need some help on the front end. And Hey, there's a new guy at church named Dave. He just started our church. You've probably not met him. And he's looking for a, a land with a barn or an old house he wants to build a house on that land and convert that into an office. He owned the third largest camera sales site on the internet in the U S at the time. Oh, wow. It was called imagingresources.com, And they got about a million hits a month. And he was looking for a barn or a house that he and his wife and his two high school age sons could run this camera business out of, you know, set up mm -hmm. to take photo shoots and they would test cameras and do reviews. And so within an hour, he had this guy at my house walking the eight acres. <laughs> and an hour later, I had a development partner to do an LLC with. And he agreed to put up the money if I would split the land into eight lots. And uh, and Living Water Development was born. Amen. And we developed those eight lots. And I renovated the house that was there, the cabin for his business. And he was my first home build on one of the other lots. 7,000 square feet with the finished basement. $750,000 build my first new home and it was easier than a $200,000 remodel, Bob. Amen. And that was it. I had Amen. those lots. I had a house. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And then the housing crash came the 10 and oh, 2007, yeah, 2008. And as, as we were talking before the recording, I can relate because my son-in-law and daughter, they followed almost the same exact path. You did started small and started fixing up a house and then ended up in the, you know, luxury home. Matter of fact, they were featured in one of those luxury home magazines as custom builders and stuff at one point. Oh man. And, cool. Uh, so I remember him breaking down though, in my kitchen crying as we were praying for him because it was a tough time when, when, that, when the bottom fell out, I mean, it fell 
And you know, praise God, he took a different direction and God worked it all out. But, but that was a tough time Amen. for a lot of builders and mortgage bankers. But, yeah, but sure how was. did that force you to start over? Right. So, man, you, you nailed it. So um, it was September, late September, when long-term capital failed. And so October, November, I lost three $2 million bills. At that time, I was building really 700000 to $2 million. And um, I had three clients that had bought land. I had drawn their homes. And um, we were ready to start in the spring. We were waiting for you know February, March to start because it was late in the year. And uh, we just had to finalize some things. And I was uh, prepping the land and doing some stuff with that for the site development. And uh, they called me in October, November. And so I lost $6 million, three $2 million builds in October, November. Went to my wife, Renee, that I was just talking about and said, man, baby, we have nothing for next year. And, um, you know, but we always kept a wholesale list. There were wholesalers from when I flipped houses at that time, Bob, I hadn't flipped a house probably in three or four years, but those wholesalers always faxed me their list every couple of weeks with a hundred, 200 houses. And my wife would yell at me and say, man, you're going through like a Rima paper a month. Cause it was an old timey fax. If you can imagine <laughs> there's my age, you know, I'm dated now, but it would, uh, it would just have like, you know, hundred, hundred, 200 houses on all these sheets. But it would let me see where the market was down in Atlanta in the neighborhoods that you could flip. And so at the end of the year, when this started happening, I had about 100000 in cash and I had a line of credit that still had 100000 on it. And by maybe January, February of, of 08, those houses were down from 150 or 200 grand as a beater. I was buying them for 30 or 40 grand cash, putting about 50 grand into them and selling them for about 150. But then the problem was the appraisal rule changed after six months of negative uh, depreciation values going down. They trigger this appraisal rule where you had to get three comps, but also three comps under duress. And then you also had to get three listings and three listings under duress, which meant they had to be in bankruptcy foreclosure, you know, something like that in a state sale. And so as soon as they did that, I went to my wife and said, the values of these houses is going to go down 10 or 20% in the next year, because as soon as that 5% drop triggered that appraisal rule that they had put in place back in the early mid eighties and the savings and loan debacle, they did that so that the banks wouldn't have to rewrite all their loan programs. So instead of changing the loan to value from 90 or 95 or 80 down to 60 or 70, they would hammer the appraisals and push the appraisals forward down into the market so that the banks could be protected by the appraisal, not by changing their program. Because in the savings and loan debacle, they changed the programs and it was a real mess. Well, anyways, um, so what we had to do is we had to actually rent them Section 8 and then sell them to foreign investors based on 10 times their cap rate. So uh, if a house was $1,500 a month rent, I could sell it for about 150 grand cash. And we were doing that until about mid-08. And then what happened was a bank that I was working with that did all of the rehabs down in Atlanta in the same area, area of the, the neighborhoods in Atlanta, they found me and made me some offers to work together. And they liked me a lot and they hired me. So I flipped about 50 to 70 homes a year for that bank in 08 and 09 in the worst neighborhoods of Atlanta. I had five crews. We all carried nine millimeters. I mean, it was like <laughs> Fort Apache, the Bronx down in Atlanta. Wow. And for two years we did that and it kept me afloat until the end of 09. But then at the end of 09, we finally had to bankrupt. Uh, we bankrupted for about four mil. 
But it gave me time, Bob. What was really cool for me personally was that gave me time in those two years to pay off all of the people that I knew individually that I owed money. Amen. All of my subs had already been paid. All of my suppliers were paid. When I bankrupted from $4 million, the only people that were left were the banks that carried the notes on the land and the lots and the houses. And, you know, I knew that I would be 30 years trying to pay off that $4 million in that market. And so, of course, we chose the bankrupt. But it meant a lot to me to try and pay all the people off that were small businesses or that I knew personally. And we finally also had three houses that were um, investment houses, and they were on lease purchase agreements. And I needed that time for them to be able to fix their taxes and take over the houses. And all three were able to take over the houses from me. Otherwise, we would have lost the houses and they would have been, you know, got the shaft. Yeah. So, amen. Amen. So once you went through the the housing crisis, how did you start over? Because yep. you didn't have much in the way of assets. Right. Everything was done, right? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, when you file Chapter 7, we had to have less than $5,000 in the bank. And our vehicles, our cars or trucks couldn't be worth more than five grand or they would take them. So we had sold our $30,000, $40,000 vehicles and went and bought used cars for four or five grand. And you kind of prepare for it right before you go to the lawyer and pull the trigger. And so, yeah, we were pretty basic. Um, well, at that point, the market was starting to turn back on. Early 2010, things were turning back on in the remodel market. A lot of houses were out there that needed work that were dilapidated and people were trying to sell them finally. So that's when we created Affordable Craftsman. That's the marketing name that we've used ever since. Before that, I was Good Samaritan Properties, McCormick Build Group, Living Water Development. We had all kinds of different companies for different things. Um, my license, my building license was under McCormick Build Group, but we needed a marketing creation and nobody cared about those other names. They weren't going to help me in marketing at all. And so I prayed about it and God gave me a, a vision with a picture of what the card should look like and the logo and the name Affordable Craftsman. And so we created a logo and did all that and created a website in WordPress. Um, I was pretty good on the internet for my age and uh, I took some classes on WordPress and that was the beginning of me probably in the last, since 2010, I've probably built at least 50, if not 100 websites for construction for myself to generate leads and all kinds of other marketing stuff. And so I would work at night on that to learn marketing. By 2013, I was generating between three and 500 leads a month from videos on YouTube, from websites that I had built wow. and ranked and done SEO on. And so we had, I actually was a net seller of leads at one point in 13, 14 and 15, I, I sold three to 500 leads a month for money. Wow. And I actually made more money generating leads and selling leads than I made in construction those years. Wow. Amen. Amen. But now yeah. you help individuals build their own homes and how difficult of a process yep. is that? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, just like everything that's good, you know, God takes us down this weird path and we trip over something and we fall in it. And then we're like, wow, that would be smart. But the truth is that God knew way ahead of me. He gave me a client that lived up on Lake Lanier. It was an hour and this is uh, maybe 2013, 14, 15 in there. And he lived an hour and a half from me where I live in Marietta. And I just couldn't do that drive, but he wanted me to do his job. And uh, he had other bids and the other bids were way higher than mine. So we knew it was a good fit. We were friends from church. He was in his 60s, maybe about 65. But he was actually a remote. Um, he did uh, code work for AT&T here in Atlanta, like code architecture. And he did it mostly remotely. So he was up there at the lake in his home. 
and his basement flooded. So we remodeled his basement with the insurance money. He and his wife lived in the basement and he worked from there. And I said, well, instead of charging you cost plus 20%, let's use my subs. I'll come up and do all the shooting of the elevations to dig the basement and get everything laid out for the drainage, get the framing done. And then after that, you can meet my subs up there and act as the superintendent of your own house. And instead of charging you cost plus 20, I'll charge you cost plus 10. So if the fee was a hundred grand, now the fee is 50 grand. Plus my, my deal was already the lowest price, you know, Bob. So I was a hundred, 200 grand less than all of his other bidders to start. And the thing was what he told me during our time together as friends was that he built multiple houses and remodeled multiple houses. And quite honestly, Bob, he didn't trust and he pretty much hated contractors. <laughs> and the only reason he was talking to me was because he knew me so well from church. We'd been elders in the church together and we hadn't spent a lot of time together. I'd been in his house on the lake that needed this huge addition and remodel. Mm -hmm. um, and um, he was just kind of at wit's end. But I said, well, why don't you pull the permit? You're allowed to pull the permit once every two years for your own house. So let me get you a bank loan from a bank that will do a self-build owner build loan for him. And you pull the permit, you run the job site, you handle all the money. There's no way I can give you the shaft because you're just paying me as another sub. But I'm your coach. I'm your consultant. And we convinced Bank of North Georgia that was up here in North Georgia, who had given me many loans over the years. I called and talked to him. And at first they were very resistant. But I basically said he's using my subs and I'm under contract to go there every two to four weeks to check the job. And if he needs help, I'm under contract that I have to help him if he gets in a jam. But this is in your interest because he's going to have a lot of equity. Instead of everybody else, they build in their 10% underwater. You know, if you're on flat equity, that's like an act of God, really, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, he's going to have 20 or 30% equity. And that's better for everyone. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's and awesome. it was it was fantastic. So I just stumbled into it. And, you know, once you do it for one person, it starts really? clicking and you're like, wow, this is a, this is a thing, Bob. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so now you, you're a, a coach for individuals who want to build their own homes. Is that right? Yes, sir. That's so what exactly kind of training right. or resources do you provide for them? Right. Well, so far it's been, you know, when you start out with this kind of thing, you do it one-on-one. -on -one. So for the last few years, my goal, the last five years hasn't been to do this. My goal has been to build new houses and develop lots again. But in the process of doing that, I had this experience with Bill. So I've been doing this sporadically along the way. And what would happen is I would meet a client and they would get bids and I would be the lowest bid and they would want to hire me for cost plus 20%. But then we would get an appraisal and the appraisal would be a little bit lower than what we thought. Or, you know, with the interest rates going up the last couple of years, the interest rates and all of a sudden the deal had some pressure on it. And because the deal had pressure on it, I knew that if I co-builded or coached that I could reduce the cost even more and I could save a deal. Right. It's better to make some money than no money. That's right. And for that client, you know, if they're working from home or maybe sometimes the wife is at home, but she can meet the people and then the husband could check on the work when he got home or vice versa. I've had a couple of dads that were stay at home dads or work from home and the wife was in the office. And but it works the other way. I've also had clients now, Bob, in the last few years that they were sure they wanted to build their own house, but they got reassigned. They had to go travel every week or 
um, you know, something happened in their family, their parent got cancer, and all of a sudden the apple cart got upset, and we went the other direction. Mm -hmm. So I started with them because they wanted a coach or a co-builder, but then they came to me and said, you know what, I need to go deal with this other thing, or I have an opportunity in business to make a lot of money on this assignment. I'm going to let you build the house and pay you cost plus 20, and but I trust you, and I know your price is great because... I've been through it all and I know exactly what you're going to do because we mapped it out together. Right. And so me trying to coach them turned into an opportunity for me to work through the process to help them find their land, to help them design their house. But then because something came up, they needed me to do it turnkey. And of course I was glad to, yeah. but what I do is I just let the Lord work that out, Bob, right? If he shows me that that customer is my customer, if they, if we were simpatico, if we communicate well and we're on the same page, everything is transparent with all of these numbers, the hard costs. So if they want to make a modification, if they want to go up or down that ladder and have me do more or less, I don't care. I'll go whatever way they want to do it. I'm here to support them. But the process is great because this has created a whole process for me where when I start with a new client, I'm doing this really deep dive and getting to know them. And asking a lot of questions, almost like a counselor, like, yeah. you know, a building counselor or a life coach, but with building, even about their priorities, their needs and wants list, you know, why they want where the light land, where they want it, you know, what the taxes are going to be. And then when they get the land, the land has problems. A lot of times land, it can't perk for a septic or there's a creek and you can't build within 75 foot the creek without a variance. And because I've developed land. When my client doesn't build in a subdivision and they build on an acre or two or five on the side of the road, they need someone that doesn't build in a subdivision because the subdivision builders, it's a laydown. All that was already done by the developer. But when you buy a piece of land with a creek on it and, you know, you got to do a well and you got to do septic or you got to run utilities, power and gas, dig a ditch. Because I developed those lots, unlike a typical builder. Yeah. I'm really, really good with site development, and that's what most of my clients need. Whether they get coached or whether I build it, I don't worry about that. I just try and help them start right and follow the right process. And so in answer to your question, most of that I've just done one-on-one -on -one over the phone, you know, video calls, you know, stuff like that. But I am on the verge, and that's part of why I was excited to get your call, because we're on the verge now because I've done a lot of marketing, as I mentioned, and I'm very techy. You know, we're on the verge of actually recording those training videos Amen. and putting them into a membership area. So early in the process, I can let the clients do that at their own you know, pleasure while they're traveling on vacation. And then I can stretch that process out and I can make it more affordable. Yeah. So if somebody doesn't want to sign up for the whole thing, I'll have a way that they can get a bunch of my more basic training and it doesn't cost them an arm and a leg because I don't want them to feel like they have to commit. Yeah. But then yeah, as they yeah, get to know awesome. me and they see the process, then we can, you know, do whatever they want to do. Amen. And I know you'll do some in-person stuff too, but naturally you don't want to travel too far from home. Uh, so right. it's all going to be, this course is going to be all online or is it going to include some personal consulting yeah. as well? Or Well, for, for someone that was, well, the way it works, it's like concentric rings for me. If someone lives within an hour of me, then I can build that house turnkey. But I can also co-build with them and I can also coach them. If they're from an hour for me to, let's say, three or four hours for me, my subcontractors that I've had for 10, 15, 20 years, super affordable, you know, 
a lot of them believers, the vast majority, probably 90%. You know, I can share them with them and co-build with them where they actually use my subs and I'll travel there two or three times to meet the graders and the clearing guys, to meet the basement foundation guys, to make sure that all that elevation stuff is done because that's the one part that first 10 or 15% that you really need someone that knows how to do that. It's not something you can really do remotely. And then, and then after that, they can take over and act as the superintendent and meet my crews, tell them how they want the tile, make so you know, all that kind of stuff. But if they're beyond that, like I have clients now in the Carolinas I'm starting to work with, they're so far, I can't send my subs. So my only option is to do it with the internet and with the training and then with video calls, you know, on Zoom and stuff like we do. But then um, I can vet their subcontractors. So the two things I can do for them, Bob, that really have blessed them is I can tell them low, medium and high price for everything on their bid. So I can give them, I can say, hey, Bob, this is the low end. This is my bid if you were in Atlanta. You know, $600 per plumbing fixture, $5 a square foot for framing. And I can break down all 30 or 40, 50 line items. And then I can say, Bob, this is the median. The median is about $900 a fixture, not $600. And this, this is the take advantage pricing. That's $1,200 a fixture and $9 a square foot for framing. And so you'll have a low, medium, and high for everything in it. And you can have a bid if I was going to build your house, but I can't because you're in Maryland. I can't build it in Maryland and my crews aren't going to Maryland because I know that's where you are, brother. But I could coach you in Maryland. And when you went out to get those subs, I would be able to help you to know what pricing to look for and how to interview them. And then when you said, hey, Gary, I'm down to a couple that I like, I could get on the phone with them for five, 10, 15 minutes each and phone vet them and come back and tell you, this is the one I would use and why. And these are the things you need to be aware of the way they operate, their format, the type of crew they run, because there are a lot of peculiarities to that kind of stuff. But I haven't just built for 25 years. Like you said earlier, you alluded to it. I did not have a dad or a granddad that were a builder. Most of my friends did. So the first few years when I was flipping houses and I had left the mortgage bank, I worked full time in the field and I worked for free with many plumbers and electricians and framers. And they tried to chase me off the job and said they wouldn't pay me. But I said, I'm working for free, bro. I'm here because I'm not going to be that guy five or 10 years from now that doesn't know what's going on. I want to know as much of what's going on as you do. And I want you to teach me. And it's it's unbelievably blessed me. I, I can't even put in words. Yeah. Me spending the first two years doing that was like my Georgia Tech of construction. Yeah. And so now any crew that I talk to or work with, I know that trade at level seven, eight or nine. I know exactly how many guys it'll take, what I would pay them an hour. So if the framer wants more than four or five dollars an hour in Atlanta, I can bring my own internal crews for remodel and we'll go frame the house. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen, Bob, because I have two framers of 20 years that are that price. Yeah. But if somebody was to take advantage, I know what's going on. And I what I'm trying to do right now, and it's early in this for me at that distance, Bob, being honest, someone in Carolina, somebody in Tennessee. But if I could figure that out for myself 25 years ago, and I know the numbers so well, because, again, I'm really a numbers guy. I can I can break those numbers down and help that person, because with my help, they're probably going to be 10 or 20 I mean, they'll be 20 or 30% lower because they don't have a GC. But the fact that I can help them get the subs and the material at the right price from the right place. I mean, I've had clients now that are 60 cents on the dollar. Yeah. 
Praise God. Amen. Gary, this is so interesting. If someone wants more information on those services and, and the training you offer, how can they get in touch with you? Awesome, Bob. I mean, the easiest right now would be to just call me. And I know that's very old school, but because our internet stuff that we're putting together for this membership is still in process. But right now I've dealt with all these clients personally, one-to-one, whether they hire me or don't, regardless of what level they want to operate at or what way they want to fly. And so I started with all of them with just 30 minutes or an hour on the phone. I just had them call me at uh, 770-591-4464. That's my office here in Atlanta. I'm so, you know, there's so few that are that far away still. I don't even have an 800 number yet, Bob. It's just the local <laughs> number. Seven, yeah, of course, people have cell phones these days, so I can call people. I call them in Carolina and Tennessee on their cell phone number. It doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's 770-591-4464. And, uh, and they can email me at affordablecraftsmen, plural, with an E, craftsmen, affordablecraftsmen at gmail.com. And they could go to my website at affordablecraftsmen.net. All right. And just there's a there's a form to fill in. You know, there's a form to fill in if they want to quote or they want to talk about anything. And at this point, I'm just really uh, I would say, listen, if you're out there and you hear this, I really want to honor you. I want to give you my personal time. If your situation is very complicated, I'm not afraid of that. I've built tiny homes and done all kinds of weird, unusual projects here. We've built modern homes. I've built many 1850s historic knockoff homes. We've renovated historic homes. If you have a land problem on a piece of land out there somewhere and you need someone that's developed land to look at your plat or your survey or talk to you and your agent or or your builder in another state, because the thing is that I want to learn more. There's always more to learn. And I want to invest the time to figure out and just be honest about how I can or if I can help someone. And I'm more than glad to give that time because it's a learning process for me. And you really have to talk to someone in person, Bob. You know, it's not... This isn't something, even though the trainings and the membership, they'll create some flexibility in time. It'll let people do it when they want to. It'll free up some of my time. You know, it'll be a convenience factor. And they can watch it again, right, which is a cool thing. You can watch it again if you miss something. But there's just really no replacement. It's such a complicated thing that I do. Yeah. And the relationship, if you're out there listening, if you don't get on the phone and like me and feel comfortable with me, then we have no business going any further. And the first thing I want to do is get to know you and be on the phone and just figure out what your problem is or what you what your dream is. Amen. Amen. I'll, like I said, I'll put links to all this down below in the show notes. Well, Thanks, folks, Bob. I know this type of program that, that Gary McCormick has put together and been sharing with us isn't for everyone. I mean, my wife and I would probably be living in a car if I had tried to build her a house. Amen. Don't, <laughs> don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Praise God. But I, I know my calling. And being a home builder is not it. Glory to God. Of course, I'm being silly. But, but Gary's here to help you coordinate, subcontract, get out that work that needs to be done, teach you how to do the work that you can do yourself, and all with the goal of helping you accomplish and achieve your dream of building your own home at a fraction of the cost. Praise God. I mean, finding a land, coordinating the work, purchasing the material, it all goes into the plan. And I want to encourage you, drop down the show notes. Use the information there to reach out to Gary and see if he's able to help you. It doesn't cost you anything to find out if he can help you. Yeah. But it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars if you don't. Amen. Get in touch with Gary. Yeah, well said. Right now. Amen. Gary, thank you for taking the time to come on the program and share with us about this great service you're providing. That's 
It's, it's so awesome. I appreciate your time. I've been glad you, Bob. You're a great host, man. You're great. I've enjoyed every time I've talked to you. I've enjoyed it. There's nothing different about today. You're awesome, and you you always ask the best questions. I appreciate it, brother. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Gary McCord, myself, is Pastor Bob Wright, and be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. We appreciate you as a listener and fellow believer, and want to encourage you in your entrepreneurial efforts. These programs are designed to provide you with information that you can use in your business to achieve success faster and avoid the obstacles that try to impede your success. All information on this podcast is for entertainment and information use only. Some of the products and services listed in the links may contain affiliate links and Pastor Bob will earn a small commission when you click those links at no additional cost to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode is published. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.